Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to have with me today author of the new book, From Couch Potato to Endurance Athlete, Hillary Topper. Hillary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Now, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to have you. Now, Full disclosure, um, most of my guests at this point are like, Mike, you're excited to have everybody on the podcast. And that's true. I am just excited to talk to everybody. But um, I actually have, uh, I was given an advanced copy of your book and I actually read it all cover to cover. And it's probably um, about the only time I read a book is when I have an author come on the show and I'm I, I'm like, <laughs> well, because I, I, I consider myself a journalist. Um, but anyway, so we're definitely going to get into talking about your book. Um, so I have some questions and we want to we want to talk about all the good stuff in there. But before we get into that, I always ask my guests to provide a little bit of a level set introduction of themselves, just so that the audience has a grasp of who we're dealing with. And so I always ask, uh, you know, are you married, kids, um, you work, go to school, um, and then would you or do you consider yourself to be an athletic person? <laughs> right? Okay. Can you uh, can you provide that for us, Hillary? Okay, sure. So I'm Hillary Topper. I'm married. I have two okay. adult children nice. and a grand dog, very cute Ooh. grand dog named Daisy. Nice. <laughs> um I uh I work, I have a public relations firm but I also am an adjunct professor at Hofstra and I'm a blogger pretty much full time. I'm also a podcaster like yourself. And what else? And I'm a coach. I'm a triathlon coach um, and a running coach. Am I athletic? Mm -hmm. I would say I am the least athletic. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it, isn't that funny though, how we all, we have a, we all have a, a common, bond. We all have a love of triathlon, multi-sport, right? right? And so I would not have necessarily considered myself to be an athletic person either. Now, judging by my recent triathlon performance, I think I support that (laughs) statement uh, to some degree for sure. But it is funny how a lot of the athletes that I run into don't necessarily consider themselves to be quote unquote, have been athletic their entire life, which is pretty which is pretty funny. Now you've got you've got a pretty extensive resume there, Hillary, with the with the blogger and the grand pup and the coach and all those things. And there and there's a couple of those that I I, I definitely want to talk about. But before we get too uh, too far into that, when will your book be available? Because it's not out there. I got an advanced copy. That's how. That's how much um, my podcast has grown over the Absolutely. past year, Hillary. I was given an advanced copy of your book, uh, <laughs> but when will, when will it be available to the masses? It'll be available on August 1st, and I also recorded an audio book. Did you? So that will also be available on August 1st. So they're nice. both going to be released. And my first book tour is in Boca Raton, Florida. Is that um, right? On August... 
Is that right? So I was not given a co- I was not given a copy of the audiobook, so I'm going to recant my uh, my vain statement of how much uh, influential my podcast is. I had to do real work, and I had to read the words. <laughs> my- no, I'm just kidding. It was super fun. It was super fun. So um, now you are going to go on your book tour, and I noticed on your Instagram you've got some dates uh, listed. Is your book tour going to be in a certain area or are you still working out some details? Like, I don't even know how this works. Yeah. So we're still working out some details. We've got a bunch um, already in the works. I mean, the first one is going to be in Boca. What I did was I, I kind of, we scheduled them around events. So I'm doing a two mile swim in Mm -hmm. Boca in August. And then in Detroit, I'm doing a 5k swim and we're doing a book tour in Ann Arbor, you know, so nice. we kind of did it around that. Um, the ones on Long Island, we have three that are coming up. And mm-hmm. um, so they're like spread throughout Long Island. I'm hoping to do Austin, Texas in December oh, around the okay. running event because I'll be uh-huh. there at that running event. I love that event. Oh, wow. Um, what else? I mean, we've got a couple um, in Colorado, uh, uh-huh. Boulder and uh, Denver. Um, okay. Nashville. I'll be in Nashville at the end of August. So, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of like all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting. Now, had your, had your book published uh, a month previous to this, you could have done a book tour in Israel. True. Although I don't know how, I mean, I guess there are triathletes. I'm sure there are triathletes there. Right. There were a lot of people. I was swimming in the Mediterranean when I was uh-huh. there and there mm-hmm. were a lot of people with the swim buoys. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't the only one with the right. big orange swim buoy. <laughs> yeah. Well, safe, safety first. That transcends all uh, nationalities. And, and yeah. So full disclosure, Hillary just got back from Israel within a couple of days, right? I mean, it hasn't been yeah. very long. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Wednesday. Wow, and I cr- came home with being sick. So. <laughs> well, hopefully it's something that you'll get over pretty, uh, pretty quick. Um, so what, it, what gave you the, uh, what gave you the inspiration, uh, to write the book? I mean, obviously the book from couch potato to endurance athlete, it covers a wide spectrum, um, which I think there's a lot, a lot of people out there can probably relate to, uh, to some point, right? Because I have found that a lot of, a lot, a lot of the athletes that I've talked to pick triathlon up later in life. Now there's a few young bucks out there, right? But most, most of us uh, got started a little bit late. So I think that's something that we can relate to, but what, what inspired you to, to write the book? This was the craziest thing, right? So I had this blog, a triathlete's diary, and I started the blog in 2011. And so I started the blog actually as a runner's diary. And so I wrote about all of my, my escapades getting, you know, look, going to the gym for the first time, getting on a treadmill for the first time, doing my first 5k. I mean, in all this anyway, so my SEO guy said to me, you know, this blog is ridiculous. There's way, way, way too much stuff on it. You got to cut some of this stuff out. Mm -hmm. So I started going through it and pulling stories from way back in Mm -hmm. 2011, 10, whatever. And as I was pulling these stories out, I put them together and I pieced them together and it, it actually created a book. But that was the beginning of it, right? So I had okay. all of these little like stories that happened, but now I had to piece it together with my life and my business, you know, and how it all kind of 
work together, you okay. know? So it, it was kind of, you know, interesting the way it all like panned out that way. Wow. I mean, I had always thought that I would do a third book and I had always thought that I would do the book about triathlons and business. That was like my thinking, you know, because triathlons really is so much like business or like life when you're crossing that finish line, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the best example that I could say was the, the example that I give in the book about um, doing the triathlon in New York City and uh, the New York City try and jumping in the Hudson River and having a panic attack about that. Like, what am I going to find in the Hudson River? You yeah. know, what, what is it going to be like? Or climbing the hills, you know, of Henry Hudson Parkway. They're pretty steep at, at points. And I'm thinking, you know, how am I going to do that? And this woman who uh, I, I was my client at the time, she said to me, Hillary, you do this all the time. You jump in the water, you know, you jump in dirty water. <laughs> you climb up hills all the time in business. This is what you do. You'll be fine. Mm. What's wrong? You know, yeah. and, and putting it into perspective like that made me thought, wow, she's right. This is like about life. This is about everything i mean triathlon is really everything you know yeah i mean so you're so right there and and i think it's one of those things that um you know we all face certain little adversities we go through different phases of life and and you're right you can always you can make those uh comparisons for sure um so you so you started your blog in 2011 you said Right. And so you were able to pull some, some of those original stories, which was super cool. And then tied it together with your, uh, you know, your business and your life. How long did it take you just out of curiosity? Because and the reason I'm asking Hillary is my podcast serves two purposes. Okay. So I'm just going to be upfront, transparent. I love to get stories, uh, of inspiration out to the, just the general public. Right. But I also like to learn myself. Right. I'm trying, I try to glean just a little bit from every single guest. And there's been a couple of uh, times where somebody has made the suggestion, and, and it's probably something that uh, th- you're listening at home and you probably heard, they're like, oh, you should write a book. But I wouldn't know the first place to start. Right. So, how long did it take you? I mean, having those stories was definitely probably a good jump start, but there was still a lot to do. Like, how long oh, did it take? How long oh, did it take God. you? It was, it was a very intense, I would say nine months of very intense, you know, it was pretty much like I really needed to focus and some of the stories that I have in the book are really heart wrenching to me, you know, when I talk about like the death of my sister and stuff like that, like it just was so, it took a lot out of me emotionally, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was, but the thing about the book and I thought, what I feel is really, really important out there is that I, I really want to, I want to encourage people who are on the couch. Cause I know so many yeah. of them just to, you know what, you could do this. You're not too old. You're not too fat. You're not too anything. Just do it, you know, yeah. because you're going to love it. And it's something that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know what, if I miss a workout, like the last couple of days, cause I've been sick, I haven't been able to work out. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. Like I am going nuts. You know, yeah. it's like an addiction, you know, it's just, it's just to me, it just makes my day so much better when I, you know, train for something that I, you know, want to compete in. And I just love it. 
you know, so I, I just want to say that. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I, I know from my personal experience so many times, uh, you know, somebody that I would run in through, you know, through personal life or through work, they're like, I don't know how you could do it. I could never do that. I'm like, you can do it. Like I, there's nothing special about me. It's just getting out there and, and taking the first step and then the second step and, and, and being okay with the fact that you have to learn some things and you're going to fall down and you have to pick yourself back up and you have to keep moving forward. Um, I also, uh, I, I took last week off not, I wouldn't say by choice. I, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life right now and something had to give and I training, training had to go. And I was like a jittery uh, mess all week long that, that <laughs> just that sense of accomplishment that I feel just going to the gym and, and getting in, you know, 30, 45 or an hour workout in, it's just so important to me now that it's yeah. weird when I don't get to do it. So I totally, I totally get what you're saying there. Um, I want to go back to something though. Um, you had mentioned um, in your book that there were some heart wrenching stories and obviously, and you talked about your sister. Um, it did seem like there were a couple of there were a couple of things, and I don't want to give too many of them away because obviously we want to encourage everybody to go out and buy it and read it or listen to you talk, tell them. I don't know, but um, did you feel like, or did you find that the process of writing about that did it help you process? Was it like almost like a therapeutic process? as well or did you Absolutely. feel vulnerable yeah because you know I'm, i've never been in that well, situation before i think i think both you know in, in okay. a way and i still feel a little vulnerable like i still feel like oh no what are people gonna think of me after they read the book you know but i gotta let that go because i know that there are so many people like me out there who mm -hmm. could use this type of book who can use this type of encouragement to just do what they set their minds to do you know it's like it's like, you know, I, I, I'm saying this on another podcast that my entire life, I was always pushed down, you know? And the, the one thing was that I had to reach within myself to do what I wanted to do. And, and, you know, when my grandfather said to me, you know, you could reach for those stars. It's true. You've got to just dig deep it gets me so sad. Like I, I was coaching this young man and he dropped out of this sprint triathlon. He was, I was coaching him for an, a half Ironman and he dropped out of this um, half, uh, a sprint triathlon like two weeks ago. And I said, why did you drop out? Why didn't you go? And he said, well, my brain, like I, if I go in the water and there's sharks and you know, and he's like flipping out, because of the water and, and, you know, and he can't get out of his own anxiety. And I said, you know, the more you do it, the more you're going to, you'll be okay. You know, you just have to keep doing it and push yourself and get out of your comfort zone. And a lot of people can't get out of their own way. And that's sad. You know, you have to, I mean, every single day I get out there, I feel like I'm nervous, like I'm always nervous, but I love it. And it's exhilarating. You know, and I think it's just, you just have to get out of your way and just do it and go for it, you know, and not think about it. And there's no sharks out there. I mean, yeah, maybe there's sharks out there, but 
yeah, there there probably is sharks out there, um, for sure. But but, but I I got to be honest. Uh, after you broke broke my heart and said that you were on another podcast, um, I I kind of checked out on you for there for a second. So it's all a little bit of a blur. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think I think my business oriented. <laughs> I thought I had an ex- I thought I had an exclusive here, but no. So um, yeah. Getting out of your own comfort zone is definitely one of those terms that uh, is used a lot and it covers a lot of things, right? And I think, you know, pushing ourselves to to ride our bike for, you know, 56 or 112, depending on what you're doing, or, or, or even, you know, at 25, if you're doing like an Olympic or whatever, right? And running a, you know, a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon, that's, that's definitely getting yourself out of your comfort zone. Not having come from a swim background, Right. I can completely relate to the open water anxiety, right? Because I am by no means a seasoned uh, pro at this point, for sure, but I still do get anxiety in open water swim. And I have a friend, she was actually on my relay team for um, the Half Ironman in Texas, uh, and she she's a strong cyclist, she's a competitive runner, and she can swim in the pool but she cannot right now get her head wrapped around open water swim. And I, and I know she will, but I, but I can relate to those that are strug- struggling with that for sure. But I want to ask you, um, because you had mentioned you're going to do Boca, you're going to do your book tour in Boca Raton because you're doing a two mile swim event. Now you, you were an adult onset <laughs> swimmer as well, right? Can you and talk I have us? The anxiety. I yeah, have can, the anxiety. <laughs> can can you talk us a little bit about uh, how you learned how to swim and how you so, were able to overcome that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's crazy is that um, my my friend and I we both tr- decided after the Brooklyn half that we don't want to. She she didn't want to do any more half marathons or any kind of running events. So I said to her, let's try a triathlon. I mean, I didn't even know what a triathlon was. I mean, I kind of knew it was swim, bike, run, but I really didn't know. I had heard about this one in Sanibel and I definitely wanted to do it. And she was like, okay, let's do it. Well, we got to get into the pool, she said to me. So we go in the pool and I I don't know. I don't, I, I thought I knew how, I mean, I knew how to doggy paddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was swimming. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I never put my face in the water. I didn't really know the mechanics of swimming. And it was a disaster. I mean, I couldn't even get 25 yards across the pool. I ended up going to a, to, uh, a, to a uh, open water swim Long Island, which was a master swim program. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Brian, um, he taught me actually, I, he's like, he's like an amazing you know, athlete. And he actually jumped in the pool with me and said, uh-huh. okay, Hillary, we're going to blow bubbles together. And I put my face in and, you know, was blowing bubbles with him. I mean, it was just, I was so embarrassed, you know, all these amazing athletes are like in the lanes next to me and I'm blowing bubbles with the head coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, so that was that. I mean, I definitely had a lot of anxiety in the open water and I don't know. I just, I think it was one of the, you know, you meet like amazing people in triathlon. Oh yeah. Like for right? sure. I, yeah. Amazing people. And this one woman, Kathy, she said to me, you just have to take it 
and just, it doesn't matter if there's a current, it doesn't matter if, you know, how you feel in the wood, just take it and enjoy every single moment of it. And I don't know, when she said that to me, it just clicked. And mm -hmm. I start, and now it's like, I want to be in the open water all the time. Like, I love it so much. Wow. So, and I think every, so there's a couple of things I want to break down, uh, from, from that. Um, I think, well, first of all, uh, I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times someone has come up to me and said, and asked me the sequence of swim, bike, run, like uh, triathlon is something that people kind of know about, but they don't, they don't, you know what I'm saying? Like even yeah. to know that it's swim, bike, run, no one is completely for sure. Um, so I can definitely relate to, to you when you and your friend decided to do your first triathlon. You're like, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Uh, the blowing bubbles. Uh, I had a, I had a backyard swim pool. My kids can swim. I could not drown was really where I was at. I could not, uh, exhale, you know, air under the water. I couldn't want to get my face wet, totally tracking with you there. But I think my, my open water anxiety stems from the fact that I can't follow the line in the bottom of the pool. I struggle so much staying on course. How, how do you, how are you with your open water sighting? Yeah. Oh, it sucks. It totally sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but I love that it has no borders. That's the thing. Yeah. It's almost like you've got this like canvas where you could just swim anywhere and everywhere you know and it's just yeah it, to me it's just like amazing like oh my god this is i need to buy a house on a on a lake right like that's mm, what i need like yeah. that's my retirement goal <laughs> yeah no and you're right i mean i love i love the water i actually uh i actually swam today at the pool and I hadn't swam in over a week. Uh, I, I, I really, really focused on my form and my technique. And um, not to not to brag, because I've I've upgraded myself, Hillary, from a bad swimmer to a mediocre swimmer. Uh, I swam uh, five sets of five hundred, right? So five hundred yards, whatever. I, I swam at a at a one forty seven per one hundred average for one of my five hundred. So I was like, that's hey, awesome. This is pretty good. Yeah, I was feeling that's pretty awesome. I was feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty good about myself today. But out in but in open water, no, nowhere near. Uh, I mean, nowhere near that. Um, it's it's amazing because of the current. The current really like throws you off, and you can't. Yeah. it's just so hard to. It's not apples to apples in a pool. Yeah. So when you're doing your open, when you're doing your open water swim events and you're doing these multi, multi swims, is it always with the current or are there times where you're swimming across the current or against the current? Sometimes, like how does that? Sometimes it's against the current, but mo I mean, uh, you know, like, well, you know, like in an Ironman event, I mean, for the most part, they like to go with the current, right? Oh yeah. Um, you know, most of these uh, triathlons, they do like to go with the current, but when you're doing these, um, you know, I'm not really sure how bulk is going to be. I'm assuming we're going to go against the current, like a mile out, a mile back. Mm. Um, you know, I, there have been times that I've been in situations like Fire Island. I did this swim. Um, everybody was dropping out. I mean, I ended up placing on this one. It was because I was the last one standing. I mean, there was oh, no wow. way I should have gotten, <laughs> you know, um, first place. But everybody kept dropping out because the water was not only freezing, but it was so rough and choppy, you mm. know. Um, well, that's why you're an endurance athlete. You out, you out, uh, lasted everybody else. I did. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, exactly. 
That is awesome. Exactly. That is awesome. Yeah. So there's a there's another thing that you've you've talked about in your book, and you actually you've actually mentioned it maybe as much, maybe more than swimming. I'm not sure at this point. I didn't keep a record of it. Um, but it's it's the walk run technique yeah. that you use. Yeah. And and I know that um, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of come up on a, on my podcast before. But I don't know that I've run across anybody that maybe has the experience that you have with it. Can you maybe talk us through a little bit when you co- sure. when you're coaching somebody through the walk run technique? Like, what is ha- what kind of coaching do you give them or advice? Yeah, so that's what I do. I we only do run walk. Um, okay, you know, I mean, I do have a couple of people who don't do the run walk. Uh, they're mm-hmm. younger athletes, but for the most part, the older athletes are, you know, are starting to go that route because okay. it, it actually, that added recovery really helps, especially with endurance races. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when you're talking like marathons or ultra marathons, without a doubt, like that you get a lot of people who are doing the run walk. So okay. basically, um, you know, I didn't, I, I was kind of, you know, my whole running career and it was late in life, right? I was running to the water stop, walking through the water stop and then running, right? Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't really, it just wasn't doing it for me. I mean, by the end of the race, I was crashing like, uh, you know, a 13 mile race. I was like, I, I could barely get it up, up the stairs. Like I think okay. at the end, it was just insane. But I had met Jeff Galloway and I became one of Jeff Galloway's program directors um, back in 2017. In 2016, he was on my podcast. He was, you know, I had done a lot of, you know, he had submitted blogs to my blog and I was really helping him promote himself. And he said to me, and when I got accepted to the New York City Marathon, he said Mm -hmm. to me, you know what, Hillary, I'm going to train you. I'm not charging you anything. And I was like, oh my God, this is yeah. like amazing. This is like mm. the best thing that ever happened in my life, right? Yeah, yeah. Jeff Galloway, right? So um, so I worked with Jeff and he really taught me how to do the run walk. And it was so different than what I thought it was. You know, it really wasn't like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you run 30 seconds, walk 30 seconds. It's actually a sh- it's actually shorter segments. It's like, you know, five, 10, 15 seconds of a, of a run and then mm-hmm. 15, 30 seconds of a walk. Right. And the, by the time I finished the marathon, I was actually, I finished, I finished strong. I went out to dinner with my kids. Uh-huh. I was feeling fantastic. The next day I was out to breakfast. You know, I just, I felt fine. I felt fantastic. And I really, really attribute that to the run-walk method. Um, it definitely gets you through these big endurance races, you know, uh-huh. for sure, without a doubt. Uh-huh. And that extra recovery, it makes you actually go faster. And at the end of the day, some you you can outrun certain people. Like there are a couple of people who I've coached in the past who were like an eight-minute mile, you know, mm-hmm. Um and they're now like doing seven, seven and a half, doing the run walk method. Okay, so so we're gonna break it's that insane. down. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. Right. I want, I want, I want to know a little bit more about this. Cause so now, so so some of the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Because uh, Ron Dawson, way back in the beginning of uh, my podcast, he mentioned the Galloway te- technique, right? So he mentioned that, and he's a Boston. He's a multiple time Boston Marathon qualifier. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Um, so when you say run for 10 seconds and then walk for 20 seconds, is that what you said? Right. Okay. Yeah, it could be 15. It could be. Right. Yeah, yeah. But are we talking a sprint for the 10 seconds? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's okay. So you're, you're oh, running right. as fast as you can run because you know how in our world, I tell, so as an example, I told my wife yesterday, hey, I'm going to go out for a run. Well, when I go out for a run, I'm jogging, right? I'm jo I ran a nine minute mile pace. I'm not running at the fastest I can run because I was going to run eight miles, right? But you're saying it's a sprint for 10 yeah. seconds and then it's yeah. a, it's a short recovery and then a sprint a sprint again. So how do you keep up with, do you have an alarm on your watch? Like how do you keep up with when you're supposed to do what? Yeah. So either on your Garmin or you have like a gym boss and the gym boss you could set to different intervals. I mean, some people will do like, there was this one woman who I used to work with. She was doing seven second run, 12 second walk, you know, it's just, you can set your own pace and huh. see what works best for you. Now, this these other women who I had trained about the, you know, run-walk method, they're doing, you know, seven and eight-minute miles. They're doing more of like a two-minute or a three-minute, mostly two-minute run, 30-second mm -hmm. walk or 15-second walk, depending on how tall they are. You know, now again, it depends on how tall you are, right? So for somebody like me, yeah. I'm five four. I'm going to do a fifteen second walk. Okay. Someone like you know, my friend Ray, he's like six, you know, six foot. Uh -huh. He could do thirty second walk, and and we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So so let's just say hypothetically, your new friend Mike, who happens to be six foot tall, right, and and who can who can run a half marathon uh, at an eight minute pace. What would you recommend? What would you recommend if you were if you were going to give me some advice? I mean, your new, your hypothetical new friend Mike. I would definitely say try the two minute fifteen second. Okay. Two minute fifteen. So two minute you run. Okay. 15 second, you walk. Now, when you're walking, you're not speed walking. And that's another misconception of this whole thing. You're recovering. So you're, so you're, you're, you're taking your time on that 15 second. It's just a casual and it's stroll. Because you're going to, it's going to be, you're going to find that you do the same thing. Okay. It's hmm. crazy, but it works. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to try this out. Uh, I have a, uh, I have a goal. And don't I talk stop though. Don't stop. Like keep going. Like do yeah. it as one stride, you know, into each other. Because, you know, some people will stop uh -huh. and then run or stop yeah. and then walk. That's uh -huh. it doesn't work yet. So oh, so you don't you don't get you don't get down in that sprinter stance with your hands on the ground <laughs> and then someone and someone shoots a gun and then you take off? It's not like it's not like that. No. I'm envisioning someone's have to follow me around. Um, yeah, so I want to run, I want to run a sub four hour marathon and, uh, I came up short, uh, by 55 minutes this past, this past year, just a little bit, just 55 minutes short. So, you know, that's how that goes. Um, and so I'm running now. I want to, I, I, I started with four, then I went to six. I'm at eight. Next week will be 10. I want to be a nine minute average. So I, I told myself if I can get to 20 miles, at a nine minute average, 
then I think I'm ready uh, to try this deal again. The Houston Marathon uh, next January is where I'm going to uh, make this uh, attempt. But anyway, so I might I might give this uh, run walk uh, strategy uh, a test drive uh, over the weekend and see how it works for me. I'll report I'll report back in. I'll report back in. <laughs> Hey, so so speaking of goals and all that, uh, we are now a little over halfway through 2022, right? At the time of the recording, it's July 18th, right? Um, how are you feeling about the goals that you started the year with? Uh, uh, do we have to talk about that? <laughs> well, I was just curious, like you and your book. <laughs> In your book, you had listed some things, right? You, okay, you put it, okay. you put it out, you put it out there on paper, right? Uh, and so I was just curious: um, you know, is there anything yeah. that's still on your list? You're like, I can still get this done. Well, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely doing this this two mile race in Boca. Okay. Um, my training has gotten a little bit sidetracked because of COVID. I got it mm. twice. I got mm. rebound COVID, which is ridiculous. I never even heard of rebound COVID. I got rebound COVID. Mm. So that was about so that was a couple, that was about a week before. So the timeline is this, right? So I was getting these. I, I started getting these headaches. Then I started getting COVID, and mm-hmm. it was that. And then I went to Israel. And then I got sick in Israel because the whole family was sick and they're like sputing out their germs to me. And then, and now I'm kind of getting over the being sick. So it kind of dampered my training, which is really pissing me off. So anyway, but I had to cut back my 10K swim in Detroit. So I'm doing a 5K swim instead. I I think that's okay. I'm I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm going to, I'm going to just. I'm going to go with it. I'm still planning on doing my 100-mile bike ride. So hold on. I, first of all, um, <laughs> COVID twice, that's just bad luck, right? Ridiculous. Um, so you you were planning on doing a 10K swim. So mm-hmm. we we know from running. So this is the same math from mon- running, right? So that's, that's a 6.2-mile swim. Okay, yeah. so there's not like a water conversion rate that's different for for yeah. that. Okay, they call it actually a marathon swim. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah, I bet they do. Um, so is that because uh, I don't, I can't even wrap my head around that uh, right off the bat. So are you in the water the entire time? Is it loops? Yeah. Do you get to come out of the water and you're in no, the water the entire time? The entire time. I did that. Um, I well, I didn't do a six point two, but I did a five. Well. It probably ended up about a seven mile swim when I swam, swam off from course. Fire Island to uh, Bayshore, and mm. this is one of the stories in the book as well. Um, I recruited my son to be my kayaker. He was supposed to be my support team. Mm-hmm. I love my son. He's like the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. 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 And he's kayaking and he's smiling, big smile on his face, but. He's not a kayaker, right? Mm -hmm. He's never kayaked in the open water before. So Mm -hmm. I'm at a disadvantage. (laughs) Yeah. So when the tide took us out, we went all the way out. Oh, wow. And the volunteers had to come get us and bring us in. I mean, they had to show us the way. Mm. So that's why I'm saying I probably swam about seven miles. Oh, my gosh. I did that in 
four hours. That was the cutoff. I, I was the last one in. Wow. <laughs> but I did it and I won the endurance award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't imagine swimming that far. And for some reason, when you were telling that story to me just now, I imagined your son with one of those old timey, uh, sea navigation devices. Like he's trying, he's trying to see where you're going. Or I, I don't, I can't think of the name of that thing he off did. the top he had of my one head. Of the compasses. He Is had that a right? compass and yeah. he's like, he's trying to navigate his way through, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and he keeps getting drifted. I'm saying to him, where are the swimmers? Where is everybody? Oh He's my like, gosh. Oh, they're up there. They're up they're, there. Yeah, they're up there. <laughs> they're up there. And the waves, the waves were so high. Oh my I was God. like, I couldn't see. <laughs> like trying to jump over to see. I could not see. It was just, it was insane. And your support, uh, in your sport gear, do you have flares in case you need like to send up like a flare, like a ship adrift or anything like that? No, we didn't have any. <laughs> you didn't have them. Well, maybe for next, maybe for this next time, you need to make sure you have some flares. Uh, that'd be important. Um, so the 5k swim, so that's 3.1 miles. Mm-hmm. How long, how long do you think that'll take? Um, it'll probably take about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Wow. And so your son is going to be with you as well for this one in the kayak? Are no, no, you recruited? One, you're like, you're like, I'm going to get somebody who can really know the navigation yeah, and stuff. No, no, no. Yeah. He, um, this one is going to be in Detroit. It's called swim to the moon and it's an epic, uh, races. Um, uh-huh. and they do this in a lake. So it's a series of connecting lakes. And at one point you actually go th- through a tunnel. Which what? is going to be really cool. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, like getting an MRI while you're swimming. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, no, that's, it, it sounded terrible when you said it. <laughs> um, so, so how do you get uh, fluids and nutrition? Like, how do you plan for a for a two and a half hour swim? So, for this particular event, they will have. Um, volunteers at each mile. Okay. And you could, they'll have like, you know, Gatorade and stuff like that. You know, I'll probably, I might have my, I don't, I probably will be using my buoy and I'll put gels in there. Oh. You know, for this swim across the bay, my son had all of my supplies. So he yeah. would just like hand me the water bottle or hand me the gel. He'd open it, give it to me, you know, which was great. It was easy. I mean, he gave it to me a little too often. <laughs> I got so, so every mile they're going to have like a floating aid station, almost like a swim up bar, like when you're in Cancun or something like that, you can swim up, order you some Gatorade and, mm-hmm. and keep going. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so you're going to be in the water. For two, we're going to get real now, Hillary, because we've walked into this corner. So you're going to be in the water for two and a half hours, right? And you're going to be taking in fluid and you're going to be taking in uh, nutrition. Uh, you're not getting out of the water, you said. You're staying in the water the entire time. So have you gotten over your inability to, um, let's see, let me think about how I want to say this, right? Are you comfortable peeing in your wetsuit at this point? You know, or that is an issue, right? right? That is an yeah. issue, right? Yeah, it's cause... like peeing on the bike. It's the same thing, right? With peeing on the bike. I'm, I'm yeah, sure, oh, yeah. you know, look, I mean, yeah. you know, that's one thing I'm, I'm telling my, 
my guys, you got to pee on your bike, you know, you can't yeah. oh, yeah. you're going to lose time. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. Now, I just have an issue swimming and peeing at the same time. I, I, I'm working on it, but it's very difficult. Yeah, I think it's – so I, 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 uh, I, I've long since mastered that technique. Um, I can actually uh, – I mean, it is what it is. I can pee on the bike in mid-pedal. I don't even have to – That's uh, amazing. Yeah, I've, I've trained my body. It's – you know, hey, if you're going to be uh, an elite athlete, Hillary, you got to be able to make the small sacrifices. It's true. Um, it's so, so true. Full disclosure, uh, I think this is the first time I've, I've acknowledged this on my podcast. I sold my tri bike. Uh, so I got a, I got a new to me tri bike uh, right before Chattanooga, and I still had my original bike. So I sold Old Faithful. And during the, uh, the transition to the new owners, um, I had to confess. Um, that we were talking about how I had, I had, uh, moved my saddle over to my new bike and I had, was given them the, the choice of more of a traditional road bike saddle or my original, uh, tri saddle. And I mm-hmm. said to them, uh, because the podcast came up in conversation, I was like, just so you know, this saddle, this saddle has never been peed on. And so the guy was like, Totally tracking what you're saying. Like I didn't, I didn't have to elaborate any more uh, than that. He said, Cop, "Copy that, copy that, right?" And it's just part of it, right? I mean, you know, you clean it up, you uh, you're good to go. But it's precious, uh, it's precious minutes, Hillary. So what are you going to do for two and a half hours? You're going to be in that water. I'm going to have to pee. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. I'm going to have to pee. I'm going to have to just practice. What am I going to do? Yeah, what are you going to (laughs) do? That is too funny. That is too funny. So um, last I read in your book, you had to have knee surgery during your last training block for... Iron Man seventy point three North Carolina, I think. Yeah. See, I was I was actually paying attention to the book while yeah. I was reading it, Hillary. Um, and so that was in twenty twenty one, right? And you had some goals for this year. None of them included Iron Man this year, right? Because you were gonna yeah. get you were gonna focus on your swim. You were gonna get stronger on the bike, mm-hmm. and then you were gonna get it back to your run walk, but. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have a 70.3 that you are thinking about, or is it still too early to even be oh, thinking I'm about? I'm always thinking about my 70.3s. I mean, okay. I, I keep thinking, um, I've been thinking about a couple of them. I've okay. been looking at Memphis mm-hmm. for next yeah. year. Yep. I just love Tennessee. You know, my son lives in Nashville, so I just like, I just love it there. Okay. Um, I also looked at Galveston. That mm-hmm. looks like a really cool place to it do seventy point three. Like I want to do it in a in a beautiful surrounding. Like that's yeah. my goal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I keep I mean, I don't know. North Carolina I, I hear is a little industrial. I mean maybe it wasn't meant to be. Augusta is supposed to be nice. Um Yeah. I don't know. So I, I keep going back and forth. There's so many of them that are so that just look so amazing. My son's like, oh, why don't you do one in Europe? Do you, you know? <laughs> well, I was, I was about to say, you know, and I feel, I do feel, uh, I feel bad sometimes because uh, 25% of my audience are in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I lean towards what I know um, just as a safety crutch, I guess. Um, but there's got to be some really 
gorgeous, iconic races in, in Europe. And I do have plans to go international at some point, but, um, I did sign up last week for Salem. I'm going to oh. do Oregon 70.3 next year. I got mesmerized by those really fast swim times that everybody was uh, reporting in. So I'm, I'm going to do that, that one. Um, but yeah, there, there are some really, um, some really pretty ones uh, here in, in uh, the U S uh, you're right. Galveston is, is a really nice race. It's the kind of the first race of the season. I think Oceanside is the same weekend. Yes. And that looks really good too. Yeah, so you can kick off the season pretty, uh, pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you got your uh, you, you got your thinking yeah, cap on, I'm and you're thinking, doing some research. Okay, no 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 need to jump out there too quick. I'm guessing, right? Okay, so um, at the end of every chapter in your book, you have you share your kind of like your lessons learned section, right? What do you hope? that your readers, uh, the readers of your book connect to? I just hope that they connect, well, that they connect to me. Mm, <laughs> that they, um, That they feel that, you know what, if this woman could do it, I could do it. She's mm. just an everyday person. She's yeah. just like you and me, you know? I mean... Gotcha. And okay. that's what I'm hoping. I'm really, and I'm hoping that sometimes some of them, they'll laugh. <laughs> well, I, I connected to the whole concept of the lessons learned, having just going through project management uh, certification. And that was a big thing that we, that they really stressed is, you know, there's always, there's always a lesson to be learned. Right. And I remember, I, I can even remember as my kids were growing up and, and we would be in a situation where maybe the, the situation produced a negative result. And I was like, well, as long as we learn something, right, then it was a valuable experience. Right. So I think lessons learned are something that we've, we all know or are aware of, but maybe we don't always think to really take stock of and apply moving forward. So I think that's what I connected to the most is that you took the time to actually kind of point out, Hey, chapter by chapter, this is what I learned. Right. And so moving forward, I'm going to use that to help shape, uh, my decisions in the future. So that's what I connected to. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I really feel like through the process I grew and, and looking back and reflecting on all of the different events and things that happened in my life, I've mm-hmm. grown as a person. And yeah. I, I kind of feel like that's, that's really important. I feel like you really have to keep growing, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you can't just stagnate, you know, and that's what triathlon helps you do. I mean, you just yeah. get again, get out of your comfort zone and do something that, you know, that may not be in your wheelhouse, but once you accomplish it, you feel so freaking great. Like you yeah. just, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It is. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to explain to somebody who doesn't do it. The, um, the sense of satisfaction. I mean, just, you know, just finishing the race and just being out there and, and just honestly, these days, just getting to the starting line healthy, uh, is, is a total win, right? I'm dealing with a couple of nagging injuries and I'd be like, if I just felt, if I just felt better, that'd be a good deal. Um, yeah, I could totally connect to that. Oh yeah, I, I definitely, 
with this knee injury that that I had, the mm. meniscus surgery, I'm still dealing with this. It's Are like you? ridiculous. I, I I thought I'd be like completely healed at this point, and I'm not. Yeah, you know. So I think it's going to just take a little longer. And I guess as you get older, you know, things take a little longer. Yeah. Well, on any given day, I am literally held together with KT tape and prayer. Um, that's, 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 that's all I, I got my, I got my, I got my ankle taped up as we speak, uh, right, right now. Um, so besides, uh, besides starting, uh, your own podcast and having your publisher email, uh, them a copy of your book for free, like I did, um, what would be the best place to either order or buy a copy of from couch potato to endurance athlete? So they're available right now on Barnes and Noble and on Amazon and okay. you could buy it online. I know my publisher prefers Barnes and Noble, but okay. I buy everything on Amazon, but you know, I don't know if I should or shouldn't, but I just do. Cause it's easy. Yeah. You know, it'll be in the stores. It'll be in all the bookstores come August 1st and just ask the, you know, the receptionist or whatever at the bookstore and they probably will be able to get you a copy. Okay. So they're going to, they're going to be available August 1st mm-hmm. and I'm actually, uh, I'm actually researching something really quick. So you're, this, this episode is actually going to air July 29th. So at oh, the wow. time, at the time of the, the, at the time our listeners are hearing us talk, it'll be time to get your order in and they'll be shipping out to you in just a couple of days. And I'm, a, I'm guessing if they're in the Boca Raton area or Detroit or Long Island, they can stop by, buy a copy and you're going to, you'll auto, are you doing autograph sessions as well? Is that, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a little bit of the book. I'm not what? sure which section yet. Oh I can use your advice, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's but, funny. but I'll be, you know, I'll be signing books. I have some giveaways, uh, Suma Pro, which I absolutely love. I don't know if you know their wetsuits, but they, I love them. Like everybody does. I mean, look, I don't want to say anything negative about Roka or Tear or any of these other suits. Yeah. They're all great, but I, I tell you, I've tried so many different suits and I uh-huh. love the Suma Pros. So they actually came in. They've given me a couple of suits through the, you know, through the years for uh-huh. review on my blog. Uh-huh. And they came in and they said, you know, we'll help you with some of your travel expenses for the, you know, for the book tour. Oh, wow. So they're my sponsor. And um, in uh, it's really cool. In Boca, Bole, which is um, a bold and fresh kitchen, they're going to mm-hmm. be popping up all over the country soon. They're right now in Florida, and they're I think they just they have one coming up in Atlanta and North Carolina, whatever, but they're coming up. They The CEO is a big triathlete, and he's sponsoring oh. the tour in uh, oh, Boca. Cool. So he's going to be giving out cookies to everybody who comes nice. to the tour. Yeah, you know, I did- so. I need to figure out how to get me some of them sponsors, uh, Hillary. You need to you need to talk me through that. Um, my 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 tear wetsuit looks like it's been through uh, the war. And what's funny is um, I've shared it on my podcast before. I'm a notorious cheapskate. I buy everything used except for uh, cycling shorts. That's where I draw the line because I'm not a savage, right? Uh, but everything else is fair game. I will buy used and. My wetsuit, um, because I'm I'm six foot tall and I weigh 
we'll just we'll just call it 165 pounds plus or minus I uh, whatever. And so I had to buy a uh, a medium large. And so I found this used one online, but I guess the person who owned it before me was shorter than me, and so they cut the the uh, the legs, and so it comes up to like um, just below uh, mid calf, like they look really really short. And so my wife, uh, last time I was I was getting it ready or whatever, she goes, "Why don't you buy a new wetsuit?" And I was like, "Diana, do you have any idea how much these things cost?" And she's like. No. And I was like, well, if you knew how much they cost, you wouldn't say, just go buy a new, just go buy a new wetsuit. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so well, cool, I get cool that you got a sponsor. Off. You got a code. I get you got, 20% you get, off. I've got a code for Sumo Pro. <laughs> Hillary <nice>. 20. <laughs> Hillary, yeah. So put Hillary 20 in the, in the, the checkout thing and you'll get a 20% off. That's awesome. Um, okay. So listeners of my podcast know that every, uh, every episode we talk bikes. I love bikes. I love to talk about bikes. I love to look at bikes. I like to fantasize. Now I'm, I love my new bike. I have a, a Trek speed concept, not brand new, okay. but I have a Trek speed concept. And I love this bike, but what kind of bike do you ride? Okay. I have a QR and okay. I have the SR five, uh, for my tri bike. It's mm-hmm. a DI two electronic shifters. Mm, yeah. And I love this bike so much. It's in, mm-hmm. it's in this gorgeous color blue, right? It's oh, like, I just love it. Yeah. I ended up getting rid of my Trek. I had a Trek road bike. Um, okay. I think I had a silk uh, domain, I think it was. Anyway, I Got sold it. Mm-hmm. I bought another QR, mm-hmm. SR5, but a road bike. Oh, and it's in nice. White. It is, seriously, uh-huh. <laughs> this is like, a sick bike. So yeah. I am so happy with my bikes. I'm like, it's like, it's like I'm married to my bikes. I mean, don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, I like no. love my bikes. Hey, I understand completely uh, what you're going through because there, I told this story a little while ago. Uh, I was out in the garage, I don't know, for a while. And I came in and my wife goes, what were you doing? I was like, oh, I was out in the garage looking at my bike. She goes, what's wrong with your bike? I was like, <laughs> Oh, there's, I was just looking at it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I was just, just looking at it and she's, she didn't get it right. She doesn't get it. Um, so when you, when you got your second bike, was there ever, uh, was ever a thought of getting one the same color? Did, was that an option? Did you intentionally get a different color? Like, yeah, I, I, I intentionally wanted to do a different color. I didn't want to do the same color. Um, okay. I don't know. I was, I was, I had thought I would go with like a green or a red. Mm-hmm. And then my daughter was looking at the bikes. We're looking online and she said to me, that white one looks really mm, sick. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think it well, does. The, well, the reason I ask is, so I have, uh, my speed concept is that flat black gloss black combination nice. with like a, with like a light gray, uh, stickers. So I have a carbon Trek road bike that I'm building up and I'm going to paint it to match. So I'm going to, so it's going to be like an exact, I'm going to, I'm going to match the graphics and I everything. It. I want I it to be a, identical. So I'm going to have the same bike in a sense, essentially, but a, a road version. And then, uh, my race, my race version. That's Cause as awesome. you, as you know, Hillary, as much as great as our tri bikes are, they're impractical just to ride when you want to go ride your bike. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's just not practical. 
don't know. Even like hills sometimes I find it's just so much easier to get on my road bike and ride hills as opposed to the tri bike. I find the tri bike, if I'm, you know, there's a place on Long Island where it's just come, I mean, look, there's lots of places on Long Island where it's completely flat. Mm-hmm. But this, um, this beautiful path that they built, it's 37 miles round trip. Mm-hmm. It gets so, it's right on the water and it gets so windy in one direction. So mm-hmm. using my tri bike there is just incredible because I just like cut right through the wind. But if I'm taking the other, the bike over, you know, to, you know, just do some hills or something, my road bike is. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to sit. I think the only difference, so I'm, I'm, my, 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 my race bike has DI2. Uh, and it has a 53, I think 48 crank, right? And so my road bike, I'm building DI2, but I think I'm going to go with like a 5034. So I'm going to go with a compact crank. So kind of use that for when I'm climbing hills or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to be very strategic on this. (laughs) Well, well, Hillary, I gotta say, you've been so, you've been so much fun. Uh, you've been so much fun hanging out with tonight. I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed your book. I want to, I probably should have said that probably should have said that earlier on, but I really did enjoy the book and I enjoyed talking to you about the book. And I know my listeners are gonna, uh, enjoy reading the book and enjoy hearing your story. Um, but as we wrap everything up, um, I always like to give my guests, uh, an opportunity to share any final words or any last thoughts or any words of wisdom. Do you have anything, uh, oh, like that? Wow. You know, I just, I do appreciate you having me on the show. I, I oh, do want to sure. say that, that, that for sure. I mean, really, uh, I definitely appreciate it and helping me spread the word about the book. And I do hope that, you know, even if you know somebody, you know, I know that this book will appeal to people who, you know, who are armen or people who are triathletes, whatever, you know, it really will appeal across the gamut. But if you know somebody who's sitting out there and feels like they are just not good enough to do a triathlon or not good enough to do a running race or what have you, get them a copy of the book and just give it to them because I just really hope that that motivates them to, gotcha. to kind of do something and change their lives. Yeah. To make a good uh, Christmas gift, right? Christmas is for right sure. around the corner for sure. For well, sure. Well, cool. Well, I want to take, I want to thank you for taking the time to hang out with me and my listeners. Obviously we would de- definitely encourage them to pick up a copy of your book or stop by Boca Raton and get some of them fresh cookies and an autographed <laughs> copy. Right. <laughs> But we definitely want to wish you uh, much success uh, moving forward. So uh, here's here's to a successful and happy uh, finish of this 2022 season. And uh, and uh, good luck on whatever uh, 70.3 you settle on next year. We'll be rooting Thank for you. you. Thank you so much. Maybe I'll see you at one of them. You just never know. If you show up in Oregon, you'll definitely see me there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.